This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. It's a tough life being a Wrexham fan, isn't it? It costs £25 to watch us play away, we barely managed to beat bottom of the table and we're only third in League 2. But fear not, there is still a lot to be happy about and on today's podcast we'll look back at our four-point boost, the latest episodes of Welcome to Wrexham, and look ahead to our trip to Meadow Lane this weekend. I'm Rich Fame. Delighted to be joined. An impromptu setup by Mr. Nathan Salt. Where Where are you today? I'm in pod number seven in uh, the office that I'm in in West London. So as you know, uh, sometimes I have to work late shifts in the office. Uh, but the pod waits for no man, woman or child. So here we are in pod number seven, uh, breaking down the... The, the the world that is Wrexham AFC and, and it's funny that I came into work today and lots of people were saying guys that I know I, I work in a sports um, you know, sport department and, and it's our job to follow sport but we all have different teams nobody else follows Wrexham and uh, they were all saying oh, I saw Elliot Lee's goal and what a hit and all that sort of stuff and it's you know you've got a habit of scoring all these late goals so it's not all doom and gloom, is it? I'm sure there'll be plenty that'll get our goats rich over the podcast, but I'm I'm doing well apart from working until the wee hours of the morning. I was going to ask you that then. I mean, how are you doing? How are you feeling about Wrexham? Because it's quite a weird week, isn't it? A point at Bradford, which I thought was a fair reflection on the day. I did personally think Bradford, we made them look a lot better than they were. I thought they were very gettable and we could have perhaps been a bit more brave and gone gone for a win there. I think the, the point on what we saw was probably a fair result, though. Sutton win was ugly, but, you know, three points. It felt inevitable that we'd almost get the goal towards the end. We'll dissect that a bit more in depth uh, in, in a few moments. But how are you feeling? Because 
there seems to be, you know, maybe a camp of supporters who are a bit disappointed. We haven't played that well this season, but we're third in the table. We've not hit our stride yet. We've had injury issues, had suspension issues. We've played a lot of tough teams, played most of them away from home. We're third in the table. Do you not think that some people maybe just need to take a step back and be like, we're doing bloody good. We just got promoted from the National League. I know that some, I know there's a lot of outside noise that, oh, Wrexham should, should go straight up again. I don't think that's ever really been the case. You know, so if you have a season to settle, that's absolutely fine. Just enjoy it. Uh, you know, I mean, even the Sutton game, I know it wasn't pretty, but we're, we're third in the league. Like, I, I don't get where the negativity's from. I mean, I do. Football fans want success uh, immediately. That's that's the nature of the beast now. Um, and as, as you know, managers you speak to, they they are fully aware, and players you speak to, they're fully aware that you know you are. Was they used to say yesterday's fish and chip paper? So you know, what have you done for me lately? Kind of thing. Um, on the Bradford game, I was just happy to be there. Given it took me about two days to get there, I had cancelled trains. I was in a squeeze into the back of an Uber XL, uh, walking to the ground. Then I got to the food queue card machine had broken they didn't take cash uh it was just one thing after another and i i was kind of expecting us to lose one nil there after all the effort that it took for me to get there i thought that was defeat pending and in fairness i put after that and i got quite a few replies which i put on on my personal account uh on twitter or what was twitter um that basically i i was quite relaxed about the season so far given that we haven't in my opinion we haven't clicked particularly in midfield i don't think I don't think there have been many complete 90-minute performances, and we sort of said this last season, and maybe you don't need those um, to get to keep getting results. I just think we've looked very disjointed in midfield, and we've kind of had moments of magic to bail us out, and yet we're third in the league, and you know that was where we had ourselves, didn't we? Both of us had us in the top three come the end of the season in our predictions. You can go back if you missed those on YouTube, and you can look at the full full set of league predictions. Um I think it's a good place to be, but what I do think, Rich, is I think we'll get to January and I, I would expect two or three faces in January to freshen the group up. I, I came into the season expecting to go with exactly what we had and just go again. What I've learned through the first few months is, you know what, a bit of refreshment isn't the worst idea. And, you know, there's been question marks over, over McLean in recent weeks, over the back three, you know, Connell goes off. Um, the other night, Bentoza comes back in. Um, midfield, Luke Young's been out the fray. I know he's back on the bench. I mean, he was sat in front of me at Bradford. He was sat a couple of rows in front of me with a, a packet of white chocolate buttons in his hand for his, for his two lads. So, you know, he would have been much more useful, I'm sure, out on the pitch. But obviously, everyone knows my feelings if they listen to the podcast. Um, but yeah, I feel okay. I feel okay. And I feel like what I, what we said at the very start of the season still rings true in that there is much more, much greater margin for error in this league. You know, we we, we had a league of... That's, we had a season of near perfection, Rich, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just very, my final thought is we had a season of near perfection and what it did was it kind of warped all of our minds that that's how it needs to be or that's how it needed to be. It really doesn't. That was a freak season, an anomaly season, an amazing one that we'll always have. No one can ever take that away from us. But it's not the norm. And in League Two, you can lose nine, ten games and still, you know, be in contention to go up. So, panic not, fear not. When you've got lethal weapon, is that what I've probably called the podcast? Maybe I don't know. But lethal weapon, Elliot Lee, you're always gonna have a chance. That's kind of why during that Sutton game on on Tuesday night, particularly, 
I was obviously disappointed it wasn't a good spectacle. It was a really drab match. Sutton came, they did a job on us. Fair play to them, they were set up really well. And we had an off night. Teams are going to have an off night. It's 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 a myth that teams have a full 90 minutes where they play really well. That, that really, that's such a rare occurrence in football. It might happen easily when you're playing sort of video games, but it's very rare that any team at the top level, and you and me cover lots of Premier League football on a day job, even if I'm covering City or maybe not anymore, but Man United, very rarely have I seen either team really have complete 90 minutes. And even City, you know, even at their peak, they still have games where, yeah, they're in, they're in a lot more control than Wrexham are, but they're not perfect and flawless for 90 minutes because that's, that just doesn't really exist. It's so rare that that would ever, ever actually happen. And during that Sutton game, I was quite relaxed, really, because I was thinking, well, well, inevitably, I sort of felt deep down we were going to win this. It's going to go either way. I thought they, we were pushing so high that we were either going to get caught on the on the break and concede or we probably would score the goal that we inevitably did. But if we had drawn the game, I wouldn't have been that concerned, really, because every team in every division is going to have points in the season where they, they drop needless points against a team that everyone thinks they should be beating. So, you know, it was going to be a bit of an off night. I do think there was a bit of a distraction. Everyone knew we were looking ahead to knots this weekend. Players just want to get through the game, get Sutton, not injured, which obviously we had Barnett and O'Connell both going down. They don't want to get a yellow card or a possible suspension to miss the game. I do feel like everyone sort of had one eye on the weekend and it was just a case of getting through it and, and doing enough, which which of course we did. And yeah, I just think that that in terms of the actual sort of atmosphere, and I heard, I saw a lot on social saying that it was very flat. Well, like again, I think there's a few few reasons for this. And I do think it was similar last season. I think back to that Maidenhead game at home where we won 1-0. Haydenheader, did Mullen miss the penalty um, against the TikTok goalkeeper maybe? Was that the game? I can't quite remember. And... You know, when we got psyched out, the goalkeeper stood yeah, on the post. I, I, and then I, I, I can't. I, that was bizarre because he was so he was so far over. He was like, yeah, it was he, good. Was in that was very good. Anyway, we don't need to go back over that. I mean, was, should we say that, that that guy DM'd us asking us if he could get us a move <laughs> to Wrexham? I feel that, like, the TikTok goalkeeper. <laughs> I feel like we could say that now. He he very much wanted us to. What did he want us to retweet his show reel or something like that? Yeah, he had like a TikTok show highlights reel, and he he sent me a DM on my personal account, and then sent us one on Rob Ryan Red as well, saying. Give me a retweet and get me a move to Wrexham, basically. I think he's still a free agent, let's put it that way. We failed. Um, but yeah, basically, yeah. I think these, in particular Tuesday night games, this isn't meant to be a dig at all, but Sutton travelled really well for a Tuesday night. I was really impressed with them. But they're not a rival. They're a team who are rock bottom of the league. So first of all, you don't have the away crowd to sort of antagonise the home crowd. You don't have that bit of bite in the game. So the atmosphere is always going to be a bit flatter there. Because you know the away fans aren't giving it large, or whatever, and they were they travelled really well considering, but they weren't there on mass compared to other away followings we've had this season. Uh, you've also got the factor that you know Wrexham were heavily expected to win the game, so there's a slight air of entitlement there from supporters who expect us to blow them away, blitz them to one side. Um, like I said last season, two seasons ago, we used to play. We play what Halifax, Boreham Wood, was it Grimsby? Chesterfield, they were all Tuesday night games. Last season, the only big Tuesday night game was Chesterfield as well. So these Tuesday night games were playing sort of lesser opposition at home. It's a bit quiet, a bit subdued, and it never really gets going. There's a real expectation on onus on Wrexham to win. So home fans get agitated quite quickly. But it's like, what do you want to a degree? You know, like 
we were playing the playing the ball back. I'll say almost aimlessly. We're happy to keep possession at times, and fans were saying go long. They were getting agitated on on edge really, and I think that translates to the to the players then and some of the passes and poor decisions. Players fans are just jumping on their backs really. I'm not sure if it's because of huge expectation, which is a you know a privilege that that we have, but. You know, I think, like you said there, I think lots of it does stem from last season where everyone was on edge and so anxious and couldn't really enjoy it. That, you know, let's take a step back, have a deep breath. We're third in the league. If we drop points, it's fine. We've got the best squad in the division. We're going to come good. And, yeah, I just feel like, take a chill pill. Take a chill pill. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. I know it's easier said than done, but I do feel that at times because it almost works on the flip side. The, the the tech end is almost spiritual at this sense. You just you just it feels inevitable we are going to score a goal, you know, in the dying moments because the crowd are willing us on. But it can also work the other way, where because the crowd is so big and we're so vocal, it can also be detrimental to the players when we get on their backs. I'm not here to say be a happy clapper cheerleader, back the boys, make some noise, even when we're playing bad football. But I do think that the crowd, as much as it can help us over the line can also sometimes have an effect on the on the performance as well what, in a negative sense. What I would say, I, 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 I totally respect that and I totally understand that. What I would say is there those that are critical of the current issues that are in the team, there are obviously flaws in this team at the minute. It's not a flawless operation. I think it's fair because I think the players internally know that they can play a lot better. Even Elliot Lee conceded that, and just also very quick caveat, I'm very glad that Elliot Lee scored because it means that this mini curse I seem to have placed on him since I interviewed him has now been lifted. Um, but he said himself that, that we haven't really got going or we haven't really reached our potential this year, and I totally agree with him. You know, It's exactly what I've been saying online and, and on the podcast. I really think we're... I don't want to say we're still gelling together because it's 90% of the same players that we had last season. I think it's as an element of acclimatisation, but then a lot of these players were already in the Football League. So, you know, I, I, there aren't really excuses for me. I think we've underperformed in some games and we've got away with it in some and we haven't in others. Obviously, we got um, smacked at Stockport and you know we got away with it, say, at home against Crew. We probably could have won that game. I just wanted to pick a couple of little threads, uh, Rich, and you pull on whichever ones you want in any order you want. Um, I was going to just say, can I just interject there? I totally agree that we haven't played that well this season. And look at even at Mullen. I didn't think Mullen particularly had a, that good a game on Tuesday night. He did. A, he was maybe improved, but you know, it was a moment of magic that he can do. What it gives me so much encouragement is we're third and we haven't played that well. Exactly. That's why I'm so excited. That's why I'm so excited, and that's why I'm happy. That's my exact. That's that's exactly what I wrote on Twitter the other day. Is that that's exactly why I'm calm because we are where we are having not yet played well and having not yet strengthened further because you get to January and, and and we've always been not just a slow starter on the pitch. I think we've started too many games far too slowly, but we've also kind of been a bit of a slow burner in seasons. You remember that first season under Parkinson where it got to the Grimsby game and we were saying, you know, shall we ditch 3-5-2 and, and all that sort of stuff. And it was a really slow burn. And then we finished with a flourish and only just narrowly missed out to Stockport. And then last season, you know, we were we were bang at it. We kind of carried on through. But even then, we started slowly then, didn't we? Yeovil, drop points against Chesterfield, drop points against... So we, we've always been fairly slow starters. I know we're not... Because we're a third of the... What, we're a third of the way into the season now? I think this gives you a good barometer of where teams 
are roughly going to end up. Doesn't mean you're going to finish third or in the top three. Well, I think I saw the. You know what I mean, you roughly. That this time last season, the, the the top three from this time last season was the exact order the top three finished in. Right. Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, basically over the course of the two games, Bradford, which you were at, I think we were slightly further apart because I was towards the left. And you know what I did see very quickly that I thought was really interesting was Parkinson waiting for the referee at the end. And because I was so far over, I could see basically behind where the tunnel was. So I could see the, and I saw Parky storming into the officials' room um, to have a word. And I was like, "That's that's what that's my manager. That's what we need." Um, now a couple of threads over the two games, Rich, that I was just really keen to get your thoughts on because I haven't bugged you over text with it. Jordan Tonnercliffe is one of them. He came back in, and and I thought impressed. I thought Owen O'Connell as well played well at Bradford. James McLean definitely seems to be the one. O'Connell was my man of the match at Bradford. Yeah. Same for me, but so let me just give you a couple of threads and you, you, you take us wherever you want to take us. So Jordan Tonic is coming back in, he's played back to back games, missed, you know, the large chunk of the season to start with due to a back injury picked up on the tour. James McLean defensively seems to be the one that that teams are targeting. Um, you know, that's been really, really interesting and, and it is a challenge for him, um, going back towards Zone Go rather than going the other way. And the Stephen Fletcher Oli Palmer rotation was given all but one game and normality was restored. Um, so three little bits that were really interesting for me over the course of two games. I don't know where you want to start there. So, yeah, I think, like we said, defensively, I think we all know that you know what, the Tunnicliffe stat we bring out every week, he's only ever lost one game that he started for X and that was Halifax away. Um, I think long, long-term going forward, the back three, if fully fit, has to be Tunnicliffe, O'Connell, Hayden, maybe, if fully fit, and that you had those three to choose from. That's what I would like like to see. Obviously, we've got O'Connell's injury now to contend with. Toza came in, of course, on Tuesday night. Uh, I think, you know, as I said on last week's podcast, I do think he needed a prolonged rest. I think that base level, he wasn't good enough again on Tuesday night for me. He did not play well enough, and you're, you're only as good as your last performance if you want to, want to stay in the team. Um, so for me, you know, he'd be, he'd be fortunate to keep his place on Saturday. Ben Tozer, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. And, but what's your you know, gut instinct? Do you think, do you think he, was... do you think he does play on Saturday? Yeah, I think he does because of O'Connell's injury. I think I do think you need him or I think it's I think the central of the three roles has to be O'Connell or Tozer really at this moment in time. And I'd go for for O'Connell if he's fully fit. Obviously, he doesn't look that way. But I would say in Tozer's defence is I think Tuesday night was clearly penciled in as another night off for him. And then unforeseen, he had to come back in. So he might he might not have been quite prepared to actually play. Wrexham probably weren't quite prepared to play him anyway. He was sort of a safety net on the bench that we, that we had to use. Um, so Tunnicliffe boxed off. McLean's been quite frustrating for me because I feel like, maybe this is my own fault, but I feel like my expectations were very high for him. And he's maybe not quite lived up to that consistently enough. He, you know, I mean, it was his fantastic flick that actually set up the the move on Saturday at Bradford to get the goal. It's a brilliant little flick he does in midfield to get the ball to James Jones, um, and it starts from there. You know, so credit to him for that. Again, on on Tuesday night, he had a lot of the ball. His crossing was erratic at times, but again, the winning goal comes from a James McLean ball into the box that's cleared to Elliot Lee. His corners. I wished it was Luke Young taking the corners because I feel we would have that game won way before we did in the end. But it is interesting that it seems that every team targets our left-hand side. And it's not just McLean, it's the fact Tom O'Connor's there as well. And you know Tom O'Connor's 
arguably best game for Wrexham was as a left centre-back against Notts County. But I do think he is just a midfielder. And, yeah, I just think long-term, is Tom O'Connor a midfielder or a centre-back? I think you need to really make your mind up on that. And for me, still a a midfielder. Well, Rich, to to interject there very quickly on Tom O'Connor, for me, this is what I would do at the weekend. I I know Aaron Hayden's been sidelined with illness. Let's just say he's fit and well. And the back three is uh, Tunnicliffe on the left, Aaron Hayden on the right, and Ben Tozer in the middle. Just say uh, for a guess that that's the back three. I would personally, against Notts County, go with Tom O'Connor and George Evans. I think that would give them less work to do in in a double pivot. You could have Lee as a kind of floater in front. Maybe that would be asking Lee to do too much. But I do think that we would benefit from quieting that crowd down I know you, you spoke to a Notts County fan, Notts County podcaster, to get their side of things, but I've been crying out for this double pivot, and I think that is the perfect game to go into and, and do that. Or do you think that's showing them too much respect? I personally don't think it is because they're second in the table and have looked really good, and I don't want to get blown away by them. Um, and I think that double pivot would allow the wing-backs to go on a bit more because, yes, Evans can drop into the right and maybe cover space left behind by Barnett. Yes, Tom O'Connor can drop into the left and you know team up with Tonnercliffe to, to fill the space left by McLean. I, I think there's more pros than cons doing it on Saturday. OK, I, I'm really torn on this because I, I get what you mean and it's better to, to have a bit more defensive solidity. But then you are just inviting so much pressure against a team that scores so many goals and have so much attacking threat that I think it just becomes a training exercise for Notts County. I think they probably score and then you've got one less attacking player on the pitch to try to set things right. I think, and I know there's a jump away ahead to our Notts County preview, but I think this Saturday is all about high risk, high reward. I think it's about going there and playing it like a home game. We know they play with a high line. We know they're going to come out and attack us, do what we did to them when they played at the the race course we've seen Mansfield go there and score four goals I think that you've got to respect them but you can't fear them too much and I think that Wrexham's best chance of winning on Saturday while I get that you want to try sit back and absorb as much attacking pressure as you can they've got so much attacking threat that it's only it feels like it'll only be a matter of time before they punish you and then you're got backs against the wall and you've got an uphill struggle to try get your equalizing goal because like you said you've got one less attacking play on the pitch so I think I know it's going to be crazy yes we'll probably go there and lose 5-0 if you take my approach but I do think it's high risk high reward uh, at Notts County I, we know how they play and they know how we play and I feel that if we just sit back sit back they have got much better going forward since last season we both concede a lot of goals and I think you've just got to play to our strengths as much as theirs I can see the I can see that but I also think another hammering if it was like another Stockport repeat I think it would be so so damaging and we, we wouldn't have scored against Mansfield. We would have got hammered by Stockport and we would have got hammered by Notts County. But that's why I think that, yeah, but, but I, I, I think you can do my approach without getting hammered though because I think, I mean, Barnett potentially not being available or being, you know, a doubt we'll see later in the week what happens with him. Hopefully just precautionary that went off on Tuesday night and it's not too severe. That's going to be interesting because it means Mendy might have to play right wing. It means that left wing back... You've only got McLean, who we've just said is getting targeted all the time by attacking players. So you've already not got your defensive fullback. You've basically got your wingers there. So you can't go too defensive because that just won't work with the wingbacks. I think that what it would be about is if, say, say it does go wrong and Wrexham find themselves 2 0 down, 
then it's the moment where Parky has to say, look, we've got a knack for coming back and winning games. Do we risk it all and carry on playing the way we want to in the hope we get a goal? Or is that when you bring O'Connor and Evans into midfield and you try shut up shop when you're already 2-0 down? As damage limitation, really, rather than just being gung-ho when you're already maybe two goals down. But, you know, I feel that in a way we're maybe... I know they're a brilliant, brilliant team, but we can't be going into this this weekend saying, "Oh, we could lose five six five nil again or whatever." I think you've got to. I think, but I think both sets of fans. Just, I think both sets of fans, though. I think both sets of fans fear us as much yeah, as we yeah, fear them. I think both sets of fans are, are having these kind of conversations. We finished above them last season. I know they're above us now on the table, but we've got to. We there's not like I said, it's not about being arrogant or whatever. But you've got to look at it and say. We're a bloody good team too. We are. And they should be scared of us. I, I I think they would be. I think their fans are equally fearful of getting a, a hammer in. So it might end up that it's just a, a nil-nil where no, neither side wants to commit too much. Because um, I did feel at Bradford we didn't really overcommit. I feel like we were quite content to try and keep it tight. And we, yeah. you know, I didn't really feel like we took a lot of risk. Um, and it was a great you know, yeah, great and, limbs when Mullins scored. But... The, yeah. And that arguably came from one of the few moments we did take the risk where we committed an extra man forward, won the ball up high, James Jones got a ball out wide really quick, and we caught them. And I would also say against Bradford, I know this is a really loose uh, sort of uh, format on the podcast today, but I'd say against Bradford as well. While they were quite good, their goal was so well taken, it felt, and I'm not going to get too statistical here, but it did feel like the majority of their chances were Wrexham errors, playing out from the back poorly or giving the ball away in bad positions. I feel like... We made Bradford look a lot better than they were on the day. Yeah, and and look, lastly from me, Notts County. It's a big game, and uh, maybe we'll tee up the the Notts County preview very very shortly. Rich, you can tee us up, but I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, my journey is uh, filled with less taxis and less rail replacement buses and all that sort of jazz. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's a big game. I've been there twice. I saw Devonte Redmond score in a one-one, and I saw the Resaw Johnson. Rocket and the Mullin pen that was missed in what was that three one in the end? Because last year, last season, it was I was on a flight to Japan when Macaulay Langstaff scored from that set piece. So we owe them one for sure, and definitely. I what I mean by the double pivot, I'm not trying to show them too much respect. I'm just curious as to whether that will give us more of the more of the ball, more of the foothold, because they're going to try and run the show through John Bostock and Matty Palmer, and I'm curious whether just having that extra protection will allow Barnett to take a bit more of a risk, will allow McLean to take more of a risk and essentially it becomes something more of a, a in front of the midfield like a three with um, Elliot Lee as a ten and McLean and Barnett sort of playing further up as, as wingers uh, when they're attacking. So we shall see, Rich, we shall see. I hope Barnett's fit. I hope Barney's fit because uh, nothing sweeter than seeing his all-black boots running down the wing. That's what I absolutely love. Old-fashioned. Well, yeah, let's get on to our Notts County preview then. We'll mix up the, the way the podcast being formatted today. Who cares? It's a bit live and loose, isn't it? And yet, ahead of our trip to Meadow Lane this weekend, I caught up with Tom Wagstaff from the Notts County Talk podcast. And here is what he had to say ahead of our clash on Saturday. So, Tom, I guess a lot has changed since we last played you, but Wrexham and Notts both near the top of the League Two table again. I guess the question for you is, how have you found your return to the Football League so far? Uh, yeah, I think 
we obviously we battered the National League. Like the points total we got was ridiculous. No team, Barcelona were really close, and it was kind of. I don't know if it was the same with Wrexham fans, but I kind of think a lot of Notts fans not thought League Two would be easy, but because we got so many points, thought we'd comfortably slip into League Two. Um, the opening day was a, a bit of a shock. 5-1 loss against Sutton. And as, as I was just saying before we started recording, I, I think we're the only team sort of beaten. I know you played them last night. But all in all, if, if you just take it as a whole, there's been some very, very poor results. 5-4 away at Colchester. We were pretty much battered there and they haven't won since. The Mansfield hammering, but we don't really need to talk about that. And the Sutton game, the rest, it's, it's, it's been a good return. I'd say it's definitely been good. I can't say any more. We're second in the league. Yeah, it's, I think it's been similar between both sets of fans that we're both doing really well, but I think both teams feel they can play a lot better but we've not really hit our stride. Like you said, last season, the momentum grew. Uh, who are the best team you've faced this season so far? Would you say it was Mansfield? Uh, yeah, and it's it's by quite a way, quite a way. Um, second, I know we didn't we beat them pretty comfortably, but Swindon were my sec, would be my second choice. They could easily have scored three or four against us they only scored one and we made a couple of vital blocks but Mansfield I hate to say we're, we're a level above but we we scored within three minutes which teams come to Medellin 100% record for knots at that point and kind of knocked the stuffing out of Mansfield it didn't they just carried on just played their game and we never really bore one effort that was cleared off the line had any chance of, of even getting a point against them so if, yeah Mansfield for me uh, I guess I know like I said it's early stages 15 games in are you and Notts fans still quite confident that you will be up and around there come the end of the season? I mean, what would constitute a good season? I think, like I said, similar to Wrexham, some fans would say automatic promotion should be the, the goal. Some fans would say, you know, playoffs. Other fans would say one season here is fine to acclimatise. And there's a lot of football left. What do you think the general consensus is amongst Notts fans? Um, general would be playoffs. Uh, finish inside that. Uh, even in the last playoff spot would be good. Realistically, you just come up from the National League. Surviving really is still a positive. In like, It's not something I think will be a good season, but it's not the end of the world just to finish mid-table. But you know what? What are we now? 14 games in and both of our sides are in the top three. That's 14 games. The league's kind of settling down a little bit. We mm-hmm. see Stockport at the top where I thought would win the league and I think they're going to go and win the league. And they've won something like eight in a row. So now we're 14 games in. I'm going to say without wanting to be too greedy, I, th- I think we've got to be looking for top three. I mean, we won 3-0 against Newport without coming out of second gear with quite a few players out injured or suspended. Like, that's a pretty good result. And if we can get rid of some of these daft results like your Colchester and your Sutton, I, I do think now we've got to be looking at, at going for that top three. Are you enjoying it more this season? Because last season, Wrexham fans, it, yes, it was enjoyable to look back on, but every single game, time we were at a game, everyone's checking the phones. What's the Knotts score? I'm guessing it was the same at Knotts games, checking the Wrexham score. There's a lot more sort yeah. of room for, for drop points this season, isn't there? Are you enjoying it more now that you can sort of relax and we're not neck and neck at each other's throats all season? Yeah, 100%. I was, I was, honestly, I was sick of you lot last season. Like, I would look at my phone and you'd be 2-1 down and I'd be like, they've dropped points. And I'd look again, 3-2. I remember sat there uh, in Med Lane and you played Dover and we something mm. like 4-5-2 down. And I was yeah. like, no way. I was like, I can't believe they're dropping points to Dover. Didn't look at my phone again because I thought it was game over. I think it won 6-5. Um, ridiculous. I am enjoying it more. And I think last year, there was scope to lose like four games. We've already lost three and we're well in the hunt. I think 
this season you can be looking to lose up, up to 10 games and still be in that top and it is nice like I'm I'm not going into the games as emotionally charged as before where like I'll be thinking about it from the minute we finish the last game to the next game like looking at all the little details like who have Wrexham got what's the recent form like no, it's not just obviously Wrexham we're looking at. We're looking at Stockport, Mansfield, Gillingham to some extent. But yeah, going into games a bit more relaxed. And I kind of feel like the players also feel a little bit like that. Like There doesn't seem to be that that panic, especially with Luke Williams as well. Like We know there's a bit more room for, for error. What's changed then since we last played? Of course, that was the, the Ben Foster game, that one that basically sealed the title for us. What's changed for not since? Obviously, you went up for the playoffs. How is the squad looking? Are there many new faces we need to be aware of or you seem to have kept the, the core nucleus like we did? Yeah, defensively, nothing's really changed, um, which is my only only gripe. Like I, I think what the owners have done and what Lou Williams has done, the squad is unbelievable. I did think throughout the summer, we have to get a defender in. Um, as you probably saw when we came to your place, we were one up at half-time and then all it took was you to really turn it on and three goals later, you, like you say, you basically won the title. We didn't really, we haven't improved that offence apart from two loan signings. And if we're recording this a couple of weeks ago, after the uh, Mansfield game, or a week and a half ago, or whatever it is, after the Mansfield game, I'd be thinking like we're in big trouble. But we've seen Lewis Macari come in, who's on loan, scored the winner against Gillingham, played very, very well last night. And I think he could be the answer until sort of January, where I think we need to get one more defender in. Um, but all over the rest of the pitch, we've improved so much. Dan Crowley, I think he scored seven now this season. Langstaff still scoring. Um, David McGoldrick can't be looked past what a player he is. But for me, one of the, the biggest the biggest things is getting Jody Jones on a permanent, which I was debating last night, and I might be wrong, but I don't think he played at the race course. Um, I don't remember I him remember playing. It. I don't remember him starting at least, yeah. No. Um, I think we're a bit more defensive that day, but he's he's the key for me. Three assists last night. Um, yeah, what what a player. Yeah, I mean, last time we met, it was sort of billed as Mullen versus Langstaff, wasn't it? And I think mm-hmm. both teams this season have proven that they are more than just those two players anyway, haven't they? Would you say then that, that Jody Jones is the one we need to be most wary about this weekend? Um, Adam, on current form, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know, it's mad saying that. Langstaff scored two more last night. I think he's on 11 for the season. But like, we were very, not reliant on Langstaff because obviously we scored goals from all over the place, but there's so many more threats now that are like Langstaff level threats. That like Langstaff was well mm. away in National League as our biggest threat. You stopped him, you went some way to stopping us. But now Dan Crowley, who I don't know if you've come across, we got him from Morecambe. I haven't come across him until we signed him. Um, unbelievable player. Um, maybe sort of our version of Elliot Lee, who mm. I know just the, the song is sung about both players, the Pele song. But yeah, he reminds me of that that midfielder that's sort of more attacking that's going to get goals. Um and yeah, we're, we're definitely there's there's more options. And I would say on if if last night the Newport right back got bought off, hug from his manager. I'm thinking he's had the worst worst like game of his life against Jody Jones. I don't know who your current right back is, but it's going to be a well. Good he went off it, yeah, he went off injured on Tuesday night. Our our current right back. So it's going to be interesting to see. It might be May, Jacob Mendy Mendy who scored who of course scored that second goal when we met three yeah. two. He he'll be probably playing an inverted role. Of, uh, Ryan Barnett's not back. Uh, yeah. Of course, that game at the race course, both managers stuck to their styles. You know, Luke Williams, not going to criticise a manager who sticks and plays to his philosophy, but the high line did give us a lot of joy. You've got to be brave to play against that high line, though. 
Do you think that yeah. is maybe the the one area, not of maybe of weakness that Wrexham would look to exploit again this weekend? Do you think that it's about how brave we are, really? Yeah, yeah. I mentioned Swindon as a, as a good team. All they did for the first 15, 20 minutes was put the ball over the top. And at, at one point, they didn't score from it. I don't know how. At one point, there was just three three on one at the back and they just had to pass it across goal. I think we blocked it in the end. Mansfield did it pretty well, but didn't necessarily go to exploit that. Colchester were fairly good and they came out winners. Um, yeah, I'd say that that is still our, our Achilles heel. We just, I think we're slowly adapting. And I think we've had three clean sheets this season. Mm. Uh, one came on Tuesday night. I think we need to keep building on it. I'd, obviously, same, I'd love a clean sheet on Saturday almost as much as a win because I feel like that's our, that's our final hurdle to get over. Yeah, I think it's exactly the same as us. We've both scored a lot of goals, both conceded a lot of goals. I guess both yeah. teams may be still guilty of playing non-league football where you could outscore your opponents and in League 2 you maybe get punished a, a bit more and you can't score as freely at times. I suppose, yeah. I was going to ask you, I mean, I think there is a similarity. They're, they're very different managers, of course, Williams and, and, and Parkinson, but they're both, they both stick to what they know in terms of their formation, the way they like mm. to play. When it doesn't work, it's very easy for fans to say, you know, Parkinson's a bit of a dinosaur, he's not adapted, doesn't play modern enough. Are any fans, do, do fans ever turn on Luke Williams for being so, wanting to play such expansive football at, at such a lower level? Because, you know, that high line, like I said, I can imagine in games if that is exploited, fans might say, why aren't you just playing a bit more defensive? But is it very much that the fans are all very much behind Williams still? Um yeah, I don't think I've ever been on social media and seen a fan ever mm. question. Obviously, a question like, "What was a substitution right? Should we have to play this player?" But like in in on the whole, I've never seen a fan question whether Williams is the right person to to be in charge or anything like that. You get the odd one. I think last night was funny. We're three 0 up against Newport. We've got massive game against you on Saturday. We had McGoldrick out. We had Bostock out. We had like we're taking Jody Jones off just to rest him. And we take, took a short corner. You probably know we just we don't put a ball in the box ever. Um, and there's a, we passed it all the way back to Sam Slocum. And there's like a, a very small minority grumbling about that. And you can visibly hear them say, why are you passing back? And I'm thinking, that's what we do. Newport yeah, didn't touch the ball again. Change. Yeah, three or four minutes. Had the, had, that, you can't get better than that. We're three nil up. We need to conserve energy for Saturday. That's definitely the right thing to do. But some people still still just want to get that ball forward, get as many goals as possible. And I, I think under Williams, it's almost funny that like, it feels like the team just passed for the sake of it. Even when you get those, um, those sort of grumbles in the stands, it's almost like we're going to pass it even more because this is the way yeah. we're playing. And this is the way we've always played. Yeah. So no I one ever can... turns on, on Williams. Yeah. I think we can be very safe to say what type of football we'll see this weekend. It'll be not 70, 70% possession. Wrexham yeah. doing what they can on the counter-attack. I suppose before I get to your prediction for the game, what is your prediction for the season then? Do you think Notts will, pers- do you personally think they will do enough to get up? Um, and I suppose as well, we'll be better to answer next week, but who do you think your your main rivals will be come the end of the season? Um, I think a lot hinges on January. I, I, I think we have to, like we had four or five injuries slash suspensions and were bare bones last night. Like we had youth players making league debuts and things like that and lone players that are like 20 years old playing played very well but we're bare bones with five injuries we played Mansfield who had like eight and they battered us so January is massive so I'll be able to answer that more at the end of the January transfer window obviously we could do what we wanted in the National League whenever we wanted really mm. um, 
I don't think first. I don't think we'll get first. I don't think we'll get second. Um, I think it'll be a battle for third place, personally. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like main rivals, I think Stockport are going to just be a team that will run away with the league. Second place, there could be a surprise now, but I, I, the way I saw Mansfield play and the way they just went and was it four 0 last night against Harrogate? Just yeah, they look good. Don't they? Teams. Yeah, yeah, and they they couldn't score, and now all of a sudden they can score eight in two games. I see main main rivals as Wrexham for third place. I think definitely yeah. a bit of a repeat yeah, of last year, but for that final automatic spot. And for this weekend, then I mean, like I said, I think I think the match will be dictated by how brave we are. I think if we come to your place and you know, give it a go, then we it's a high risk, high reward sort of strategy we'll have to we'll have to take. But yeah. if we come to your place and just sort of sit back and don't make any sort of effort to win the game ourselves, I think we're just asking for for a defeat. Yeah. But what is the the mood? I mean, like I said, that Mansfield game's proven that you can be beaten there this season. Yeah. I mean, do you think that you'll get another three points? I do. And I'm kind of bored by the fact that I'm seeing some Rex fans on Twitter. I don't didn't see any highlights, but saying you were fairly poor mm. against Sutton. I don't think you were brilliant against Bradford either. Um, and I did see this morning scrolling through someone say it's a miracle we're in third place because the performance they put in. I just think it's currently a decent time to play Wrexham. Obviously, winning games. And look, if we were 2 0 up against you with five minutes to go, I wouldn't be comfortable. Because, like I've already said, you can score two or three goals in the last minute. Um, I do think we'll win. I think yeah. it'll be a good game, but I think there'll be goals. But I, I, I do think we'll win. That's just me being confident as a Knots fan. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So Nafe, he's saying there that Jody Jones is perhaps the player to to look out for, and you know I think that as he said there, you know they are wary of the threat we have, and as we're going to say going full circle, for me it is just whether you weigh up the high risk high reward strategy. It's going to be fascinating to see how we both approach it really, and I'm I'm gonna I although I've been try, trying to be very positive on this podcast, like I said I've never seen us win win at Meadow Lane. I'm not sure I'm feeling too confident about a victory this weekend, but I do think that a draw could be on the cards. Yeah, I mean, I would snap your hand off for a point now, and I'm sure they would uh, on the reverse. Um, it'll be really interesting. Lots of key matchups that we saw last season: Jody Jones, Aaron Naman, uh, Matty Palmer, who I think you know is one of my favourite players in League Two, John Bostock, who scored that free kick against Wrexham, and look, it's coming out. 
next week. I know we're going to get onto the doc shortly, but next week is the Hand of Foz episode. So ideally, um, we get to get the result on Saturday and rub it in again in midweek all over social media. Um, and, and, and Langstaff, you know, Langstaff started the season quite slowly, but is now among the goals. And um, you know, it'll be interesting to see him, McGoldrick, just see how they get on because we've looked solid at times and we've looked really fast and loose at times defensively. Um, and 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 Dan Crowley, who I who I saw in the Salford game, is he's ex Arsenal rich. He's a he's a fabulous little player. He's a really really good um, player. I think it was his goal that, that opened the scoring against Mansfield before they really really collapsed. Um, I'm I'm really excited. I mean, everyone should be. It's our first meeting since both of us got promoted. It's second v third. It's like you say, it's high stakes, high reward, lots of bragging rights, and it'll be a sellout or a near sellout it'll be it'll be unbelievable it'll be a great great turnout I guess one of the other positives Nath is it's not £25 because it's not County this weekend either is it I mean I know the Accrington ticket prices have caused chaos on social media I know people in glass houses Wrexham charged £24 for for away supporters which I also think is a rip-off at this level brings me sort of wider onto the 20 is plenty debate. I'm not talking about the Welsh speed limits here. You know, surely there should be an initiative in League Two as well that £20 ticket prices for all away following should be the norm. That should be a cap they look to introduce. I know that certain fans will argue or certain clubs will say, like Accrington have, look, there's extra policing costs because Wrexham are going to bring so many fans. That's why Accrington are saying they've paid... They've charged an extra £5 for Wrexham fans than, than other away fans this season. But surely it should be just a policy that's put in place, whether it's official or not, and it's reciprocated. Wrexham says a gesture of goodwill. If you give, if you charge £20 for our away fans at your ground, we'll do the same at the race course. And I think that's the way you've got to implement it. And we have so much power and so much sort of privilege in our position. We saw what we did in the National League where we got this streaming platform in and yeah that wasn't for the greater benefit of non-league football it was for our own selfish sort of desire to grow the club and get more eyes on on Wrexham but it did make National League football a better product and I know that it's not going to help Wrexham per se by having £20 ticket price in play in League 2 but it's the right thing to do and look Rob and Ryan have done so much for the community. They've done so much for Wales. They've done so much for Wrexham. They've done so much for football in general. And yeah, I'd love I'd love Wrexham to to front a twenty is plenty campaign in in League Two. I think that would be brilliant, and I think that would be another testament to the takeover long term. Like I said, it might not be in our best interests. It might not be top of the agenda, but I do think that while I want to complain about ticket prices, I do feel like well, look what Wrexham are doing. We're charging twenty four quid. So, can I really complain? Uh, well, we caused chaos on Twitter. Um, I think that had over a quarter of a million impressions um, by the end of the morning. Some people saying it's a disgrace. And look, Wrexham are the only team to have been charged £25 so far this season by Accrington. It is the only Category A game. Let's believe that Stockport took 2000 and were in Category B at £20. One thing about the policing costs really interesting, isn't it? Because surely if you've got more people on the ground buying a ticket, does that not offset the price? Is it, you know, is that extra £5 making all the difference? If there's an extra 800 that are, that are being charged 20 quid, like, is that extra 13 grand? It, I don't my know. Opinion. I, I think they're milking it. I think they're and, milking and it. And like you said there, I think you're milking it. And I've almost got my bigger problem 
isn't with it being £25. It's the fact they've added £5 for us. It's this Wrexham tax they put on it, trying to milk Wrexham fans because they know we will sell out the away end. I mean, ironically, we might not because fans might protest it and I've got no complaints if someone decides they can't go because it's a hell of a lot of money. Like I said, if it wasn't a nine-minute bus drive for me, I probably wouldn't be going. But the point is, I've been looking forward to it for so long and I, I can pay the price. I'm, I'm lucky I can do, but for young for families and if you want to take a few people there, it's a cost of living crisis still. It's so difficult to do. And for me, it's the fundamentals that they've... They're charging goes five pound extra. That's what that's what's angered me more than the fact that it's twenty five quid. But what it did do for me was it it shone a light on the deficiencies across the division, and starting with Wrexham, twenty four pound is 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 a rip off. Just call it what it is. It's it's a rip off for League Two football. Um, it doesn't seem from what I can see. It doesn't seem to be category category A and B. It just needs to be twenty four pound fixed. Um, crew charge £27. I think that's even worse, obviously. Swindon, who wrecks them by on Boxing Day, they charge £27. Who knows if that'll even go up? I don't know if that's their top band or that's consistent. I don't know. Um, but £27 for a, a League 2 away ticket is ridiculous when there's teams in the Premier League abiding by 20 is plenty. So, yeah, I would love Wrexham to, to commit to a 20 is plenty. And, you know, obviously the people will say, well, that's it's in your interest to, to have it cheap. Of course it is. But people will vote with their feet and, and will vote with their mouths and and when they go to places like Accrington. I would expect, I've had lots of messages already of people saying that they won't buy a drink or they won't buy any food in the ground and I suppose Accrington will, will try and call the bluff on that and let's see. But if Accrington get a sell-out Wrexham crowd and everyone's drinking and eating beforehand or 90% are, that will be a bitter blow, a bitter disappointment because they will have planned to have shifted a fair amount of food and drink. We'll see. I mean, look, it, there's always people that buy food inside and, and, and no bother either way. But £25 for me, it just it was indicative of, you know, we're so lucky in, in, in the country, in, in the UK, that we get such good attendances. I mean, look at, talking of the interview with Jake Hyde, Yeovil broke the, was it the National League South attendance record against Weymouth or whoever it was that they played the other night and Jake Hyde scored in the last minute um, with six odd thousand. There's no other country in the world, in my opinion, that would get thousands and thousands and thousands like they do down at the sixth tier, the fifth tier, fourth tier. So we're really lucky to have such great fandom and home and away. And like you say, I mean, I'm coming to Accrington. I'll come up from London to go to Accrington. And I looked at it and I've gone, I've, I've gone to Wimbledon, which was on my doorstep. God, we're hypocrites, aren't we? No, that was £25. And, 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 and in fairness, I, I totally accept that. People sent us messages to that effect, Rich. They were like, well, if you're going, you're hypocrites because you've paid it anyway, so why why are you moaning? I actually didn't think our tweet was moaning so much. I think it just kind of pointed out that Wrexham being charged more than everyone else. Um, but anyway, people are going to interpret it however they want. But yeah, I, I think 20 is plenty. I, Rich, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, at lower league level, obviously, the thing that always gets thrown back is, you know, clubs are more reliant on money. They need the money. They need the gate receipts more. I do get that, but what I would always say is that when it's when it's minimal gains, four pound or five pound, yes, it adds up, but it also feels like a, a squeeze. You know, we're in a tough moment economically, and I know that applies to the clubs as well. But give the fans a break. I mean, good God, like come on now. There's fans going home away. From Wrexham's case, it was abroad to the US, and look, you don't have to do any of these things. I know that, but you should be grateful that you are selling out every away end. Home and away, you know what I mean? Everywhere and wherever you go, abroad or here, 
and I don't know I think fans are in a moment where they're being squeezed they're being milked and I I just don't like it I, I really think it's it's wrong on on so many levels yes so is eight pound postage for a ticket by the way what on earth is that about clubs. how the hell is, I mean I, I I'm, I'm glad Wrexham are offering a ticket service now I understand that maybe they want to ensure your postage and they want to make sure it's tracked to get there but let me run the risk. Let me play for. Let me pay for Royal Mail second class, and let it be on me. Let it be on me. Let me have that option if I want to. I mean, in fairness, if it's someone else, track... someone's already probably collected your ticket, just posed as you. Yeah, that is that is the bonus actually. Uh, so thank you for that. But yeah, like I say, we've got to call out other clubs. We'll also call out our own. Eight pound for a ticket to be posted. I understand that you can have it tracked. Offer an eight pound option if you want. If people want it guaranteed and tracked, offer that. But also offer maybe free postage or second class first class and say look this isn't insured if it gets lost the club can't do anything about it we can send you confirmation it's been sent but if it gets lost that's not on us have that as an option have that as an option if you can let cheapskates like me not pay eight quid for postage please that's all i'm asking for Right, Rich, going into this week's documentary episodes. Two more. Um, the, uh, one on the Gresford mining disaster, obviously very close to a lot of people's hearts, and one wrapping up the storyline for the women's team against Britain Ferry and their home game against Connors Key when Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney was there. Obviously the Gresford tributes have been all over, and on the back of the shirt, on the nape of the neck. Um, it will be outside the cop as well. Rob was talking about why... He's been so keen to make sure there's symbolism outside the new cot whenever that gets built. Um, a, a poignant episode, probably a step away from the football, but I actually thought they framed it quite well around the minute silence on the Torquay game. And it was kind of, we didn't really see a lot for most of the episode. It was the minute silence and then we saw goal, 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 goal. Um, but it's important that that they didn't gloss over the Gresford, and they haven't really since the day they arrived in the mission statement on the back of the shirts, the new cop. I mean, the Gresford mine disaster, they've done more. They've done more that's ever been done, really, for for putting it in the sort of public sphere, really, because unless you're a Wrexham fan, I don't think many sort of wider football fans would know about it. And I know it's not directly a football disaster, but of course so many Wrexham fans had changed their shifts to get to that Tranmere game and so many sadly lost their lives and it was a a really tra- just traumatic experience that not just like again affected Wrexham but affected the whole region as it affected it for, for generations to come as well and is so intertwined with who our supporters are and who, who what we stand for really as a club. So to shed light on that and to respect it and to to do so much for the Gresford Memorial is is fantastic and, and brilliant from, from Robin Ryan to do because, again, they didn't have to do that. They could have done the bare minimum with the takeover and, again, they've gone above and beyond. And I know this isn't directly connected, but we want to get onto the Ryan Reynolds, the Ryan Rodney Reynolds Park as well at some point. That is another sort of aspect of it all that, you know, you don't have to do that. You don't have to regenerate Wrexham. The football club would have been enough, but you've gone above and beyond that yet again and yeah I thought the Gresford episode was was poignant and so important and again like we said such a lovely thing to have for years to come you know that is something that every year you can look back on and 
pay your respects once again. I know we always do as, as a football club anyway. And yeah, it's it was a moving one, a, a tough one to watch. Lumps in, in your throat and, you know, hairs rising on, on your back as well. And yeah, it's just, it's horrible, I, but it's brilliant that they were able to shine a light on it and bring it to a, a wider audience as well. I, I thought Bryn Law spoke really well on that episode. I mean, there were lots of speakers. I, I, th- I think he really... Just his delivery of it was perfect. He really surmised exactly why it was important and why it won't get forgotten anytime soon. And you see Rob with his dad and, and talking about the mining. Um, you know, his uh, Rob's dad's great grandfather. So what Rob's great great grandfather um, was a miner, and I think they said he was working in Glasgow, or as his dad said, Glasgow, um, with that uh, Philadelphia twang. Um, and, and that was great. And, and he got a tour around um, kind of the memorial, really, and, and kind of. Um, what it means and why it means so much and, and was given an education and, and he was taking pictures for Ryan and, and, and sending him stuff like that and you know that will be one of the first things people want to picture with um, I suppose poignantly really it, it seems a tad perverse but you know once there is that wheel outside um, the new cop I mean that will be a symbol of people want to recognise it and look as well Rich you know in, in season one they did an episode about Wales didn't they and, and why Wales is important and you had Rob and Ryan learning Welsh and was that, were they cooking Welsh cakes or were they cooking Welsh rarebit or something with, with Maxine in that kind of like set up kitchen? Well, look, this was about educating on, on Gressford um, and, and while there's been a focus on the women's team and, and the men's team, it was also important about Gressford and to hear a little snippet of Phil Parkinson's interview in the dressing room, you know, so his pre-match night interview is his talk with the players and he said, we spoke about all week why this is important. It's a home game against Torquay, but... You know the, the way you can respect those that have passed, those that are, are no longer with us, is by putting in a performance. And it wasn't that classic enthusiasm. It wasn't those crude words. He picked his words very carefully, and we saw with what a brilliant display it was six nil, and we wiped the floor with with Torquay. But yeah, really nice episode. And and then obviously the the, the second episode of the week, the women's episode. You know, tying it up, tying up that loose end, that brilliant day, nine thousand plus at the race course against Connors Key. You see Rosie with her girlfriend before, and you see Lily and, and um, her mum in the crowd, and she, Lily was looking to her dad's seat where dad used to sit, and that was a proper lumps in throat. You know, Gemma celebrating at the end against Britain Ferry, um, because we know, both of us, Rich, know the sacrifices people like Gemma have put in for that group, and so to see them get to the Adran Premier and, and um, you know, all the saves Del Morgan made, and that was what they were focusing on at the very end, it it all kind of brought it back, you know, that day where we were both watching that game uh, via the stream and it was, it could all be for nothing. You know, they were saying about that, it could all be for nothing. It's all this celebration, all this champagne, and we could be back, right back at square one and, and thankfully it went our way. Yeah, I, I do think that when you look back at that, I know we're very lucky it went the way that we, we all wanted it to, but it wouldn't have all been for nothing. It would have been disappointing end, but there was still so much growth and so much to be proud of regardless of, of how the season ended for me. But I do I do understand that sentiment. And I know I've seen as well today, uh, we're calling this on Wednesday, shouts on social media as well, just asking if there's anything more maybe the club could do as well to sort of promote Rex and Women Games with official sort of highlights packages on YouTube. I know they are available via Scoria um, on YouTube as well, sort of condensed highlights, but I think everyone sort of wants if possible, sort of more re- official sort of Wrexham highlights of the women's games, etc. Because the, the men's stuff is is so good, it would be nice to have that. Of course, there might be rights to do with that, with it being locked in with Scorio, but 
Well, maybe, but I, was, I suppose it, nice e- even if you clipped up highlights on iFollow, you know, I would encourage everyone to at least have an account with the club because you can get... I mean, I watch the full games back, as people know by now in my eligible bachelor life, that I get all the time to watch back these full 90 minutes. Um, but, you know, the women's game, you can watch all those games for free. Now, I watched the game against Aberystwyth, which is a really good game, actually. Um, really nip and tuck. Rebecca Pritchard, who gets the winner against Britain Ferry and will go down in Wrexham folklore for that, really. She's having a really good season um, and, and, and played really well against Aberystwyth as well. And I, I'm saying it, that European tour is firmly on the cards. That top four spot is firmly on the cards. It's not a done deal. I, I'm not going to get carried away, but dare I say we've surprised. It's hard to say that because I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not like Megan who's been on the podcast. I'm not an expert and I don't want to pose to be one. But we've done really well since coming up to the Adran Premier. We've lost to Cardiff, but they they were the champions, and we've more than thrown punches back. We've more than more than thrown punches back. Ten points after five games, three points behind Cardiff, who of course lost to uh, level on points with Swansea, but ahead of them on goal difference. You know, there is a lot of work to be done yet, but why not? Why not Wrexham? You know, dare to dream, and yeah, hopefully we'll get to see more of that as well in the future series of, of Welcome to Wrexham as well. Follow their journey, and of course, as Nave said, there you can watch the games in full on on Wrexham's I follow in house sort of stuff. But yeah, it would be nice to see YouTube highlights as well, if possible, for some people who who only sort of digest their their coverage through there. But that's a bumper podcast. Anything else we've got to get? Through? I was I was going to say, did you enjoy? I know because you went on it. Did you enjoy the Jake Hyde episode? No, not listen to it. Refuse to. <laughs> uh, well, we got lots of we got it was good. we got lots of clip- we got lots of clippings. Uh, one of which was from yourself. Um, he was great. I thought. I thought he was so articulate, and he gave great anecdotes about um, you know what it's like training with Mullen and great stuff on you and the kit man. I really enjoyed talking about him stealing his. He's microwave. just a nice guy. Isn't he, he is. Like I'm really proud that he played for Exum, and I think it might sound ridiculous now, but we I think you and me both agreed at the time that he would outscore Mullen. And that didn't seem so ridiculous when he signed, and it's credit to him. And I know their careers have gone slightly different now. Like I said, delighted to see Jake Hyde score against score for Yeovil in that record-breaking game earlier in the week. And yeah, another plug for that on the YouTube Jake Hyde interview, and it's in full. Is it like an hour and a half or mm. so, isn't it? Nath put a lot of effort into the actual production of the the video as well. So even if you've listened to it, just watch it again. Even if you've watched it once open it in a new tab and just let it play in the background. Give us a hit. That would be brilliant. But no, thank you very much if you enjoyed that. And yeah, please get in touch as well with us on robryanred at gmail.com. I think next week we might be able to, we'll be dissecting Notts County, but we might have a bit of time to read some some mail out, might we, Nate, if people can get in touch with us. Um, once again as well, we will be putting officially out as well in the coming days, the graphic out for the where were you when we were bleep feature. And we want to start collecting them. We want to start reading those out every single week. So think of your lowest moment of support in Wrexham. Think of an away day you went to and you're wondering, why did I do this? It's because you love the club. That's why you did it. Uh, and let us know. Yeah, we'll put that graphic out on social media. Reply to those and we'll get through those in the weeks ahead as well. Naif, goodbye then. Thank you very Until much. Until next Thank week. You very much. Will I see you at Nottingham this weekend? Well, that's the question. We need to formulate a plan. I will be on a very, very early train aiming to get into Nottingham by about 11 a.m. So let's let's try and let's try and meet up. That is a plan. And yeah, if any of you see us as well at Nottingham, feel free to say hello. It'd be great to to meet a few of you. I know we've had some lovely messages as well, and we really do appreciate all the love, all the support you've given us. It, it makes it all worthwhile. Thank you very much to Red Ten People Development for sponsoring the podcast. Without them, it wouldn't be possible. 
Thank you once again, Wrexham bass band Hypnotic, their new track Smolder. The link is probably in the description. If not, I've given Nathan another job to do. And thank you very much to you, wherever you are in the world, the Worldwide Reds following Wrexham. Take care, enjoy the weekend, and we'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.